Hey guys, what's going on? It's me, the one and only Strawberry Ice, coming to you from the Ice Cave, bringing you sports from a West Side point of view. Six Reich Dayton was in action last night. It was brother on brother action. The Toppin brothers were facing off. Number 12, Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. Did Kentucky get off to a bad start again? And did you hear what some guy from the board of Michigan State called Luke Fickle? Kind of interesting. All right, like I said, number six ranked Dayton Flyers got their 13th straight win last night over Rhode Island, 81 to 67. Obi Toppin had 22 points. He outscored his brother. I said we had some brother-on-brother action last night. Outscored his brother by 18 points. Obi played, in my opinion, like a number one pick. Possibly number one pick overall. Looked really, really good. The game was pretty much never in doubt. Uh, The Flyers led at one point by 25 points in the second half. Now, get this. Dayton is 22-2. They are 11-0 in the A-10. That's unbelievable. Now... I am not by any means a Dayton basketball historian, so I have no idea. You can let me know. But I think this is the highest that Dayton has ever been ranked in their history. Either way, number six in the country, 22-2, and two, is pretty daggone good. Their next game is Saturday, 1230 at UMass. Now, I'm wondering how all this is going to lead into the NCAA tournament because I'm not sure how tough a schedule Dayton played. Now, don't get me wrong, Dayton fans. I'm not trying to run down the A-10. People run down the American all the time for the Bearcats. So I'm just giving hypotheticals. Because when you go against teams who are used to being in the national spotlight, like teams from the Big Ten, ACC, SEC, stuff like that, and you get to the NCAA tournament and it's just pressure and hoopla, how are they going to handle that? Now, what's going to help is they're going to be pretty highly ranked team so they should at least make it to the second weekend pretty easily i hope so it's just gonna be interesting to watch them and see how they handle this but anyway david flyer fans enjoy the ride because you never know how long it's gonna last it's a lot of fun when your team starts playing this good just trust me i know 1992 final four bearcats whoo that was a blast Ah, I'd like to see that again. Anyway, Kentucky fans. Okay, I gave you some love. I did actually watch Kentucky last night. No, I didn't watch the whole game because I was well, it was on at the same time as the uh, Dayton Flyers. So I was flipping back and forth watching both of them. But funny thing is the other game, or the last game I watched for Kentucky was against Vanderbilt, and Kentucky did the same thing. Got off to a very slow start. Vanderbilt took off like a cannon. They got they hit eight three pointers in the first half. By halftime, they were leading 36 to 27. Then halftime rolled around. Kentucky woke up. They're like, huh, we're losing. Yeah, maybe we'll start playing now. At least that's the way it seemed. <laughs> they ended up basically winning in a runaway, 78 to 64. Now I watched Ashton Higgins and Nick Richards play. And Kentucky fans. Those two players are key players, I, in my opinion, that you're going to need down the stretch. And not everybody in college basketball has this. You need that tough, fast, quick, intense guard like Higgins is. And you need that big man down low like Richards. And they're both most likely lottery picks in the NBA. 
draft this coming uh, summer. Those two can get you pretty far in the in a tournament. Guard play is huge in the NCAA tournament. Now, I've said this before on past shows. I think Kyle Perry gets a bad rap as far as, or not enough credit for being as good of a coach as, as he is as far as bringing players together. Now, X's and O's, <clears throat> that could be a little bit to be desired sometimes. But as far as the culture he creates with that team, because every year he has a brand new team to cultivate, get them to buy in, and go win, go play basketball games and win. Now you say, well, everybody does that. Not like Kentucky, man. Kentucky, I mean, you might have two or three guys left over from the year before. And everybody else is new. I understand that more now this year as a Bearcat fan because of all the new guys that we've had come into the Bearcats team this year, plus a new coach with a new system. So that's why our season's been like up and down because it it's hard to get everybody to buy in and get your convey your message across as to what you want them to do and what they need to do to be a cohesive unit and to play to the best of their ability as a team for that year. Cal Perry does that every year for 10, 11 years that he's been at Kentucky. Every year he does that, and every year he gets in the buy-in. Now, no, he's only won one national championship. Like I said, man, NCAA tournament, man, you could get beat. I mean, if I had a, a, a 16C beat a one two years ago, so, I mean, anything can happen. It just depends on which way the ball bounces, if you're not shooting that good, whatever. I mean, so Kentucky fans are like, oh, we won one national championship. Okay, we went two, and that was in our entire history of the University of Cincinnati, and that was back in the 60s before I was even born. So you won one the last 10 years, and you're crying about it? Stop it, please. Just stop. Give them a break. Anyway. All right, I'm going to go on a little uh, <clears throat> two-cent rant here about a... Uh, a former Bearcat football player who I think should be, I'm kind of surprised he's not in the uh, Bearcat ring of honor. That's Antoine Peak. Now, if you're a Bearcat fan, you remember Antoine Peak. He is the school's leading sacks uh, getter of all time with 27.5 career sacks and 200 career tackles. Now, the other reason that he should be in the ring of honor is, is he is part of that group that helped UC get to the point to where they are expected to go to a bowl game every year. Those guys on that team are the reason that is happening is the reason now 15, 20 years later, we have Luke Fickle. We kept Luke Fickle. We got the 40th ranked uh, recruiting class in the country. It started with these guys. This team almost, almost should have beaten Ohio State that year in 2002 when Ohio State ended up winning the national championship. I was at that game. If Olinger just catches the ball, we win. We had it. Anyway, as much as those guys meant to that program as to where it was and to where it is now, and just how good of a career he has. And I know there's other records he has that haven't been broken yet. So, you see, if you guys are out there and listening to my show, which of course you are, everybody's watching me, <laughs> put Antoine Peake in the Ring of Honor. He deserves it. 
All right, Thursday night. I'm going to talk about this more tomorrow, so I'm going to do just a little hit about it. But Thursday night, I know I keep saying big game, but it is. So we lost Saturday. Bearcats versus Memphis, 7 o'clock ESPN. In my opinion, from now till the end of the season, we really can only lose one game. If we do that, we'll be 21-9, and nine, which is not bad. That's that's good. That should be good enough to get us in. Now, the thing you still have to keep in mind is we are in the race to win the uh, conference uh, season championship. If we win that, it's an automatic bid. So we got to show up Thursday, and we got to show up um, Sunday against East Carolina. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much about it because I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about tomorrow. Now, <clears throat> I said this at the beginning of the show. It was on um, a Michigan radio station, uh, probably Monday. I posted it on uh, the Facebook page, Sports with Strawberry Ice. You can check it out. Just got to scroll down my timeline. I think I posted it yesterday. One of the uh, radio show hosts was ripping on Michigan State. One of the Michigan State um, board of directors. He went on their morning show. And was interviewed, and they basically asked him what happened. Why did Luke Fickle turn us down? And he said a whole bunch of you know politically correct stuff. And then he called Luke a waffler. I'm like, how's he a waffler? I'm like, basically, Michigan State expected to fly down in their jet, show up, go, hey Luke, yeah you, come on, come with us. And Luke go, eh, all right, you see, it's not that good. I'm gonna go to Michigan State. That didn't happen. I'm sorry. He did consider it, but he didn't go. So it wasn't as easily a thing to just pick up Luke like you thought it was going to be. So how you call him a waffler, I don't get. Speaking of wafflers, Coach Tucker, um, university formerly of the University of Colorado, has decided to take the Michigan job now, Michigan State job now, which is funny because over the weekend he tweeted out, I'm just committed to the University of Colorado. I'm going to stay here and build my program. And then Michigan State came back with a boatload of money and he changed his mind. That is called waffling. What Luke did is called thinking, deciding. What does he want to do? What's best for him? What's best for his family? Because his decision does not only affect him. It affects his family. It affects his kids. It affects the University of Cincinnati. It affects all the recruits. He just worked his butt off to get to come here. That's not a waffler. That's a smart guy thinking over and making the best decision for him. Waffling is going on Twitter saying, I'm not coming. Then four days later, say I'm coming. That's waffling. (laughs) Now, Luke Fickle, uh, there's a little snippet of this. Uh, Dan Horde did an interview. Uh, a little snippet of it came out Monday, and I posted it on the Facebook page and Twitter. Uh, Fickle uh, explained why he decided to stay. And now, the entire interview is going to be on Fox Sports Ohio today at 6 p.m. So, Bearcat fans, make sure you stay tune in to watch it. I do have a clip of it on today's uh, today's timeline on the Facebook page, Sports with Strawberry Ice. I don't know if it's the whole interview or if it's part of it or what, but that's why you got to tune in at 6 to watch it. Luke Fickle Waffler, come on, dude. 
some of the stuff people say. I like sour grapes. You just they just thought they'd get them from anyway. It's people are crazy. All right, <laughs> sports hump. It's hump day. It's Wednesday, and I always ask every Wednesday, "What's your sports hump?" Meaning, what is helping you get over that hump and slide into your sports weekend? Mine's a slam dunk contest. Now you're like, strawberry, really a slam dunk contest, dude? When I was a kid, that was a bomb. 1988, Michael Jeffrey Jordan versus Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight reel. Greatest dunk, dunk contest ever. Ever. Now, am I saying Saturday night is going to be like that? No, probably not. Because there's no stars in it. I mean, it's not as good. It's not as good as it used to. It's just, it's fun for me because it brings up childhood memories and stuff. Now, what I'm hoping will happen is LeBron has hinted at this. LeBron has never been in the slam dunk contest. I don't know why, but he hasn't. I'm kind of hoping he'll decide to do it this weekend as a tribute to his friend, Kobe Bryant. Kobe was in it. He just did this epic dunk that everybody's taking, they took a picture of and everybody's plastered it all over the internet that his quote-unquote tribute to Kobe, a bigger tribute to him, go in a slam dunk contest. Go win the thing. I don't know why he hasn't done it yet. But here are the participants that'll be in it. From Orlando, you have Aaron Gordon. From Miami, Derek Jones Jr. And from Milwaukee, I'm sorry, dude. I'm not even trying to pronounce your last name, so I just wrote Pat Blank. <laughs> I don't know how to say your last name. It's it's really weird. I mean, my last name is Trenopole, but I was born with that, so I can say that. Yours, I couldn't say. So, hey, Pat, good luck. You're from Milwaukee. Now, Dwight Howard's going to be in it. He's playing for the LA Lakers. I think it's going to be cool, kind of cool to watch him because when he was in it when he was younger, he he did it and he was very entertaining doing it. He made it a show, you know. He acted like Superman. He put the Superman cape on, did the Clark Kent glasses. I think one time he even came out of the phone booth. So I'm really curious and interested in what is he going to do. Now he's older, so... I don't know if he can do the dunks he did before, but we'll find out. It's going to be fun to watch him play and do the dunk contest. That's my sports hump. What's yours? Leave comments down below or tweet it out to me. Okay. I'm going to go on a little two-cent rant here. Pitchers and catchers report for the Reds on Friday. I think most of them are down there now. And the Houston Astros, their owner has made everybody come I think to spring training today because they are going to Jim Crane, who owns the Astros, is going to have what I call a come to Jesus moment, meaning a meeting of, you know, what are we going to do? Because they're supposedly all going to come out and apologize, which, if you're having a meeting about it, to me is they're going to get their story straight. So we're all saying the same thing, you know, so it all sounds exactly the same. And if that's what you're doing, which is what I'm pretty sure that's what you're doing. Don't bother, man. I mean, you guys, for for now until the end of time, you guys will be known as cheaters. Cheaters, cheaters, cheaters. Okay? Now, I was listening to uh, the Jim Day podcast, and he had uh, Joey Votto on there. Go check it out. It's a really cool uh, interview. But uh, Jim Day asked Joey Votto what his thoughts were on the Houston Astros 
players and what should be done about it. And if he thinks the players should be punished. And Vado, you know, as he always does, he thinks about it. And he's very calculated in what he says. Now, he's got some points. He said it would be very hard to figure out which players did it and which players didn't do it. Because they could have been given the information and they either didn't help them or they didn't use it, you know. So it's kind of hard to figure out which ones did and which ones didn't. So he said that's why you probably shouldn't um, punish the players. And I'm like, okay. I don't know about you guys, but when we were kids in school, when somebody did something in the class uh, while the teacher was gone, you know, somebody made fun of a kid, somebody stole something, something did something. And the teacher didn't know who it was. She had an idea. I was like, be these group of kids. But she wasn't sure exactly, or he, wasn't sure exactly who did it. So what the teacher would do is say, all right, if you guys don't come clean and tell me what, what happened or who did what, I'm punishing everybody. They're all getting punished, the whole class. So that's what you do to them. If you're on the roster in 2017 and you have a World Series ring and you won the World Series with the Astros, you either, one, you pull the banner down, you take the World Series away from me, you take the rings away from me, you take their money away from me, you do something to them. The fact that you've done nothing drives me nuts. And I know I did this earlier, trying to compare it to Pete Rose, which the only thing I'm comparing it to is Pete Rose bet on baseball, which he's not supposed to do. You're not supposed to cheat, okay? That destroys the competitive balance of baseball. Pete Rose is banned for life. The players with the Astros, there has been absolutely nothing done to them. So how are you going to ban Pete Rose for a rule that's on every clubhouse, which I agree with it, he should be banned. I'm hoping to let him in someday for the Hall of Fame, but that's a whole other story. And do nothing to the Houston Astros players. I don't get it. I'm, I'm... you know, the more I think about it, I think Trevor Bauer, your tweet you said about Rob Manford, yeah, you're pretty much a joke, dude. I don't understand how you can do nothing. I mean, all right, Michigan, the Fab Five, they got in trouble for um, recruiting violations or whatever. I don't remember anymore. They took their banner down. Yes, we all know they went to the Final Four, but you know what? We all know that banner is gone. We all know it. Okay. We will know the Houston Astros won the World Series in 2017. You pull that banner down, we'll remember that. They pulled the banner down because they cheated. Why is that so hard to do? I don't get it. I I really... It's... That's so simple. what, What is Rob Manfred scared of? Just do it, dude. They cheated. That's what happens. Anyway, all right, that's it for today's show. That's your sports, baby. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram. I don't know what Instagram is, but I'm on Instagram. Uh, Twitter handle, uh, you follow, you find it by Sports with Strawberry Ice, but the handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole, T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. Tweet me out there if you like the show, got thoughts about it. You can also leave comments down below on the YouTube channel. Other than that, tell all your friends about me. See you guys.